Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Miracles in Recovery. I am in the studio tonight. I'm fortunate enough to be out in a park somewhere like I was last week. And also, I have Ellen in the studio with me this week. Hi, Ellen. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Happy New Year, everybody. I'm I missed last week. It sounds like it was a good time in the park. I, well, well, it was different. It was different. Um, you know, and what it did was it give, gave me the reassurance we can go out on location. We don't have to have people call in. We can ultimately go chase them if they're right. local now. And I just have to get a couple of microphones squared away, and, and um, then we can go from there. And we had a gentleman, a friend of ours, uh, Bill, um, not the Bill that everybody knows, but Bill, and um, he just wrote a book, and... Uh, he sent it to me. It's an 80, 82 page book about uh, his journey through the twelve steps. He'll be he'll be coming in. Um, he gave me his book, and um, it should be a pretty entertaining show. He uh, has a strange accent, like mine. He's from the Boston area. He's actually from South Boston. So, uh, but he know. has a house in Villa Rica, Georgia. Oh, does he? Yes, he does. Oh, nice. I think his son lives at it, doesn't he? Possible. Well, anyway, it's about me. Let's talk about me. Okay. So, <laughs> we'll talk about Bill. You know, I was going over a couple of things. I was looking. I have like a daily Google feed, and I have it set up for like heroin, um, sober living, recovery, and things like that. And one of them I have it set up for is addiction. And there was an article that came across, and it said American 19th century. Uh, the the introduction to addiction was in the 19th century. Right. It says here the Civil War helped set off America's opiate epidemic. The Union Army alone issued nearly 10 million opium pills to its soldiers, plus 2.8 million ounces of opium powder and tinctures. Now, that was way back. Right. 10 million? I mean... And, and we look at numbers today, and we, you know, like we 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 refer to um, truckloads, billions truckloads. That's a lot, you know. And and that's an and, awful lot. And, but I, I guess you know there there was a lot of wound wounded men. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and, they, they, and this was for the pain. And, and honestly, if you look at it, it is still happening today. We are sending soldiers home addicted to pain medication yep. because they get wounded and. They are treated with it, and that's that. And then they don't have to worry about all the PTSD that goes along with it. They just keep filling them up with junk. Yeah, and, um, and there, there are an awful lot of of people coming coming back or getting back and and becoming addicted. Now, here's something that here's a statistic that will probably, if we looked at what today's was, it would be you know very different. Opiates made up 15% of all prescriptions dispensed in Boston in 1888. Now, I can probably say just in the city of Boston, that percentage has to be that much greater today. Oh, yeah. Because because we, I, we, because we live in Florida, we were, the pill mills were giving Massachusetts 
at least a good 40 to 45 percent of the pills that were going. There was a lot of pills coming from Florida. From Florida to going, Massachusetts, right. Going to Logan Inlet. Yeah. Right. And a lot of other places, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. a lot of other places, too. I but know, I was Kentucky only aware of that one because... One. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah just, were, I was aware of that because that was, you know, where I came from. And I'm sure um, they've made, um, like, it didn't skip a beat. The pill stopped coming and somebody started pushing more heroin into it. Like, right. like what happened here. I mean, they shut the pills off. They shut the doctors. And everyone them. said people and, are going to turn to heroin and that's exactly what they did. Exactly but now what we're, we're dealing with heroin laced with fentanyl. Yeah. And, and that's that's what is causing a huge problem that we're having with overdoses right now. I mean, it would have been bad enough the way that it was. And there are still, if you look at the statistics, and these are about two years old, but if you look at two-year-old statistics, it is still pills that are killing most people. Right, right. um, And they are generally Medicare population age, and these are the ones that are dying in hospitals and are called an overdose. They're Medicare age, you know, polydrug, yeah, but I think I think some of those some and I I don't know because I don't have the figures I don't follow all of that stuff, but statistically, an elderly individual who who quote unquote overdoses in in a hospital probably shouldn't be considered in the illicit numbers that we are concerned with. Right. I'm just as concerned with the individual who's right. overtaking their medication. I just thought it was kind of interesting, you know, when you look at overdoses, and, you know, we know we have a huge problem with it, but if you look at the people who overdose and come to the ER and actually die, Medicare population is by far the and, you know, I was thinking that the indigent would be way up there, but it's not. Well, also, say, say a state like Massachusetts where they have... Uh, well, you get mass care there. Have, yeah, mass health. Mass health or, or um, BMC or whatever it's called now. So th- there was... All, all you had to do was state that you were an addict, say, and you were unemployable and you were eligible for that insurance. So you fell into that Medicare Medicaid mode right. of getting into the hospital. So that number is probably puffed up as well. You well, know what I mean? in Massachusetts, sure, but here, yeah. you know, it's very difficult to get Medicaid. Right. So right, right. indigent basically just means that you're self-pay and you can't pay. Mm-hmm. I mean, either, either, either way, way. I mean, looking at those numbers, there are. The, the, but, well, and my feeling is, I think those statistics may have changed. It takes them a couple of years to publish them. So, yeah. And things have changed very rapidly. I think the overdose rate is much higher. I think you're going to find a lot younger people, and I think you're going to find more of the illegal street drugs. Yeah. And I wonder why it takes that long. Like, because... because well, they're gathering it, it from all the hospitals. Yeah, but I mean, like... and the, Well, I, not really, because it would seem like it would be coming from the coroners. I'm yeah, not sure well, where that's coming. It's coming off from. of a live feed. Like, when Florida went to the uh, prescription network... Right. They didn't give you a prescription and then find out a week later you got one from three other doctors. It was live right then. So I don't know why. Well, they had seven days to put it in. And yeah. they're changing all that now, and it was voluntary. I yeah. think they're changing some of that. It may still I'm be just, voluntary. I'm just saying that it... it yeah, the feed the should be faster. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, and because I'm we're not looking sure. back at numbers from three years ago and we're blowing that number away. Yeah. And by the time and we it, find out what the, today's yeah. number is, we blew it away again. Yeah, it'll be completely yeah. different and it would be nice to know 
Because the counties can tell you by quarter yeah. how many mm-hmm. deaths they've had. Yeah. And I know Palm Beach County was extremely high and, and the rate, you know, like quadrupled. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, you know, like you say, like, I don't know about nationwide, but you can call the school system and find out the percentage of dropouts that year, percentage of party students, the, the percentage of um, skipping school and stuff like right. that. So why does it take so long? And I don't necessarily know if the people who control that number don't want us to know. Possibly. Or because it's government controlled, it takes oh, that's a long what I mean. time. I yeah, that's, that's what I mean. It's probably just, they they just drag their feet and, yeah. you know, funding-wise or... Um, Less concerned, wise. I mean, because this is an epidemic. It's a what do they say? It's a pandemic. It's a it's it's a worldwide um, epidemic. And I see other countries trying all of these different things to be able to help an individual, even if they don't want it. Right, you and know? it does seem to be helping. And Whereas we have people still, that want it and can't get it. Yeah, we're still in the in that real draconian. You know, it's your fault. It was your choice, and right. too bad for you. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, you should be dead. And I've I have actually heard a lot of people say that. Oh, I, people have said that to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, I had overdosed a few times, and and um, you know, people that I was on the street with said, you know, fortunately he made it, and other people were like, why? Yeah, yeah. let him die. He why? You're you just know, in society. Yeah, yeah, and you know, fortunately enough, um. I look back, I can find that individual, it's 20, 29 years ago. Wow. Um, That's true, coming up on 29. Yeah, I, I, you know, I can forgive those individuals that said that. Um, it would have fueled my my negativity at that time. Well, of I'll course. show them, I'll really die. Yeah. Well, you idiot. You know, what are you showing them? Um, but I get it, and I, and I still understand 29 years later, there are people that have the same mindset. Sadly, that's why we are still where we are. And that's why in the 1800s, when 10 million uh, pills out or whatever it was that they used, um, there were people probably with the same mindset that we have today. I'm I'm curious, you know, I heard about opium dens in California, you know, ostensibly things brought in from China, but where did these guys go once they got hooked? You know, they sent them home, mostly walking, you know, how do these Civil War veterans go home addicts and keep being supplied? I well, I mean, they, they always have those doctor wagons, those, you know what I mean? Like yeah, the- I, but, it, you know, it's just... It fascinates me because, you know, most of my male ancestors fought in that war. Right. And most of them had to walk back to the mountains of North Carolina from wherever they were. And I can't imagine there being any kind of medication for anything there at that point in time. It was pretty primitive. So I'm I'm curious, you know, I'm sure they got hooked, but then how they maintain? I don't think they could have. Well, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, what left to my own devices, I maintained you know, when I was when I was a castaway. Yeah, but unquote. I'm just thinking, where did the supply come from at that point? I mean, you know, kind of where it came from. I guess when you were doing it, and we sure yeah. know where it's coming from now. There, there had to been when there, 
when there's a market for something, yeah, there's businessmen that's that's there's there somebody to that's capitalize. Sell it. You're right. It's just it's very interesting that it's been going on this long, and it seems like it kind of waxes and wanes. Yeah, and, and you know, I I wish that I wish that we could um have have honest conversation about it. I mean, you know, like it looks like we're going somewhere, and then all of a sudden, like you said, it just slides back, it wanes back. And then and then look like we're going somewhere and then I mean granted you cannot force someone to get well. You just can't right, you can't. They have to be ready. That's very frustrating, I know. But if I, I, I mean I think that when I was struggling, every time I threw my hands up, I had a place to go. That doesn't happen today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because because insurance took over and just and and, and these criminals that and, are and rehab yeah. has become such a business and yeah, there's so I mean, much yeah. corruption within yeah. within the industry and it should not be called an industry, but it is. Twenty nine you know? years ago it was medical. Right. Now it's a business. And now it's yeah. a business. Yeah. And and you very rarely see a rehab associated with a hospital hospital system. Now, I think um, one of the local ones here is trying to open something. Um, it's for profit. It's all for profit. I know, it's absolutely for profit. I mean, some of the ones that I went to, they were definitely for profit, but they were all connected to a hospital yeah, group. Yeah, a big um, Doctor's Hospital facility. was a place in Worcester that I went to. It was a hospital. Right. And they, and now it's called AdCare or something like that. It might have even changed since then, but they were focused on, and I don't want to say the business, but focused on the people that wanted to get better in there, even the people that didn't want to get better. I mean, they had, it was, it was, it, it was still a tried through right. them, I guess, while you've got and, them as a captain. And you, you hear these horror stories of, I was reading an article the other day that somebody, somebody called and, and they called a headhunter and they had been in jail for 60 days. They were clean. Right. Technically, they were clean. Um, and the person on the other end said, well, maybe you better use because you have to have you something have to have in your something system where they won't let you in. And the person was like, well, I don't want to do that. And they said, well, you, you have to. So ultimately, they used enough just to get in the door. And when they were pushed out of the place 24 days later, pushed out. With nowhere to go. Because the insurance company, um, they, they didn't justify the, right. the stay. Right, they, they so, wouldn't yeah. continue to stay. So they now where do you go? So what they tried to do, the, what the place tried to do was was walk them back from uh, rehab back to detox, and the insurance company is like, yeah, that's that's not working because they're clean. They don't right. need to. So they put her out on the street and took all her clothes, and uh, then when she come back and try to get all her and all of that stuff, um, they said, well, we're in the business of helping people. You don't want to help, so you know you're out there and you're doing what. It, it's just it was just a criminal. They even said the name of the the, the rehab, and I would rather not say it just for the. Uh, just because it's not why yeah. I'm here or why we're here. Um, but ultimately, when she got her records, there were all kind of things in there that 
had nothing to do with her at all, and they were justifying her what stay they did. through insurance. Ah, you know? of course. Yeah, they have to because they have, you have the utilization management who are calling the insurance company every few days because they only give them three days. But they were saying that days. she was going into these like uh, uh, like night terrors and this and that. And they all have this to crazy. do that to justify it. Yeah, but I mean, that, that's... And that's criminal. That's very criminal. It's criminal. Yeah. But... Why won't insurance pay for someone to have a stay as long as they need for what they or at least truly for the, yeah have right wrong you, with you know you okay them for thirty days or you okay them for x amount of days or you okay them for this or that but not having to make the company make things up right to keep just you to there. keep you there so so the system is completely broken when I went in I knew that I was going to be there for thirty days it was called a detox. But I was there for 30 days. Detox here is, what, 72 hours to 96 hours. It can that's be up crazy. to a week. Yeah, but. I but mean, that's it. That's, yeah. That is absolutely it. All right. Well, we'll, we'll pick this or, or any other type of conversation up when we come back on the other side of the break. Dial 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. We'll be back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Sometimes it just seems that nobody understands. There's one individual who can help. If you're living with somebody who faces challenges such as autism, Asperger's, or other exceptional needs, you'll want to tune into Solutions and Strategies with Dr. Sean. Living the Challenge. Together, we'll uncover a variety of solutions to the challenges faced by individuals, their families, and teachers. Listen live every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now, your baby is in your arms, and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting. Some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. your health where you think it should be if you're like most people the answer is probably not where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track the answers start on occupy health each week host dr susan downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider you'll want to plan for your optimal health with occupy health listen fridays at 11 a.m pacific time 2 p.m eastern time on voice america health and wellness Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. 
A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, welcome back to Miracles in Recovery. Uh, dial 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Or send me an email at ray at miraclesandrecovery.org. If you have any ideas for shows, if you would like to be a guest on the show uh, for a segment, for two segments, for even the, even the whole hour, just uh, give me a call. Give us a call or send an email and we'll... Make sure that we get you on to share your experience, strength, and hope. We were talking about, of course, addiction. And, you know, times really, really, I want to say that the drugs have surpassed, not the drug, not the, not the, you know, the the type of high, but the, but the um, negative effect has surpassed the positive reinforcement. You know what I mean? Like in the sense of, in the sense of there are people out there that want help and can't get it because the business aspect of addiction has ruined a lot of facilities. Well, I think the problem and it, and this is pervasive throughout all of healthcare is that it has become an insurance fueled business. If insurance pays for something, then they are going to regulate it. And the way that they have begun regulating, you know, the the rehabilitation from the disease of addiction is kind of the way that they've done it in hospitals. And so what that does is it drives the costs higher and higher and higher. And it makes it much more difficult to become a patient anywhere. You're not going to be able to afford it. And unfortunately... With medical care, you can go to the emergency room and they have to take you. Right. With addiction, you can go to a rehab and they do not. And they will very quickly get rid of you as soon as your insurance stops paying. And that's probably that was probably why a lot of quote-unquote addiction programs broke off from hospital because the hospitals would have to take these addicts in. Because it was a type of a hostile environment, and then it would just be a, you know, a swing to that wing after, right. you know, and maybe that's why they broke the hospitals kind of. Well, it's, I guess, considered more of a voluntary treatment rather than involuntary. You know, a hospital. Oh, it's absolutely voluntary. Yeah, uh, yeah. A hospital will try to get rid of anybody that's not paying as quickly as possible. It's just that they can't legally turn you away if you come in sick. Hmm. But, you know, if you need extended cancer care and you don't have any money or insurance, too bad. You know, and, and that's the kind of situation that we're finding ourselves in with addicts. To only them are in, a, to me, in an emergency type of uh-huh. situation. I mean, you know, minutes away from death a lot of times. Now, they will, the ER will take them. They will also get rid of them as quickly as possible. I have heard of some places that are trying to start programs where they keep them for three days in the hope of convincing them to go somewhere else for rehab. Mm-hmm. But again, you're going to have a problem with most of them. Well, not most. A good number probably don't have insurance. 
if you can't be covered on your parents' insurance, and unfortunately you can do that up to the age of 26. After that, what are they going to do? I just saw some crazy video on Facebook or some social media thing about about, about a hospital patient dumping. Yes. You know, and and, and this, that's illegal. And there's an anti-dumping law. Out of it, they they had her out there in a Johnny twenties. They no shoes, no nothing, and they just security just dumped her on the street. Just immediately grabs his phone and starts video saying, "Hey, hey, hey!" and showed him their backs. You know, and he said, "I speak to a supervisor." And they go, "I am a supervisor," and the door's closed. Yeah, you know? and, and unless it's a county hospital, that's what they're going to do. But in, in Massachusetts anyway, you know, and I hate referring back to that state because it's not, it's, you know, it's not the state of recovery. It's, it's, uh, but Governor Dukakis, I think it was, made it so that um, a percentage of indigent patients are allowed beds within the hospitals in the state. Oh, that's nice. So what happens is, is like say 28%, they need to keep a 28%, and that's a high number, but they need to keep a certain percent indigent client base at all times. So my brother-in-law was, was in the hospital with, uh, with uh, liver cancer, and they were going to transfer him to a quote-unquote um, what do you call those? Uh, rehab, a rehab facility. It was a nursing home. Right. Right. And my sister said, yeah, that's not happening. He's staying right here. And they went, well, no, he's not. And she said, well, yeah, he is. Because he had mess health, he had, you know, but he was, he fell into that percentage. Of, ah, he got to. And if she didn't say anything. They would have moved him. He, they would have moved him. So there's a lot of people that fall into. You, you need to. You need to find out um, where you are and what your state insurances allow and don't allow. Because you may be not affording your your addict the best benefit, or anybody, even just medical. If if they're willing to put you out on the street, you need to know what your Options are because my sister said because she she knows she she was in the medical business she said yeah no that's not happening and he was watching the same TV the next day until he was ready to come home. Well, they they normally have criteria that for you to meet a specific level of care, and when you're not meeting it anymore, then you have to be moved to a lower level of care. All the level of care is so complex, and it's right. all because of insurance. Yeah, all well, fortunately enough. You know, way back when that certain percentage was put in there, and it kind of takes all of that conversation out of the equation. My sister said, no, he deserves this bed. He's in this bed. He's not going to a nursing home. He's not going to get better in a nursing home. Right. You know, so um, they did their due diligence to get him out to free that bed up. You That's know, what they're whereas, trying to do, and and on the other on the other side of it, the patient and the family, really the family, has to be willing and able to advocate for the patient yeah. to keep them where they need to be. Mm-hmm. And that's that. I mean, even I haven't tried to get anyone into rehab for several years, and I think it's a lot tougher now than it used to be. It's a lot more complex. It's a lot more uh, fraught with fraud. Um, 
than it was when I was doing it. But even then, it was not easy. Yeah, I mean, well, you need somebody in there now. Well, and it's going to take several days to get the insurance to look at everything and approve it and say how many days. And then, you know, you can book flights and all that stuff. So it's very it's very complicated when, you, when you've really got a small window of time that the person is, A, agreeing to go, B, not dead yet, no, you right. know, and, and C, you've got somebody willing to pay for it. Right. Well, I mean, I uh, just two weeks ago, um, of course, social media again, I mean, we for some the strangest reason, I don't know why, we throw all of our uh, stuff out there for the world to see. Um, somebody said that their daughter was in trouble. And a couple of posts down, did they, I, I did, did you call Ray? <laughs> Me, right? Yeah. And, and the answer was, uh, yeah, I did. So next and said, what's up? I had a conversation back and forth texting and within an hour I had names for two or three places for him to contact to um, get her going in the right direction. Ultimately, you know, the situation um, never came and ultimately she's, she's in treatment now while she's, she's safe say now. Um, but there is, as long as you know what you're up against, and as long as you have a good base of um, people to reach out to, which which the common average mother and father in New Jersey don't. Right. I do because I know I know a lot of people that work in right. the business. I know a lot of people, so I know right where to go for that good orderly direction, and not everybody does. Where is that? We need some kind of, and it can't be just calling one eight hundred, get me clean, right. you know, because right. they're in a business of getting your money, you know. So there has to be. I mean, like I know Samsha has some things, but that's all. That's all confusing. For it's the very confusing. Person. I looked at that too, and yeah. and their their list is not comprehensive. And sometimes, you know, my first experience was, you know, well, I thought first of all it. Guttery get fixed, you know, wham, bam, it's done. And the place that I thought of was Hazelden in Minnesota. You know, it's been around a long time and a great reputation. Called them up. Uh, they ran through the whole insurance thing. But it's very complicated because you you have to fly to Minneapolis mm-hmm. and you have to arrange for transportation to their facility. Yeah, they don't do any of that. Do, well, do- no, they do. But you have to arrange with them, you know, the flight's coming in at this period, you know, this point in oh, time. Okay. You have to pay ahead of time for the, you know, the transportation from the airport. But what I'm saying is, is that's all on you. Right. There are places that will fly you there. And those are the places that you have to worry about. Yeah, those are the places that are scary. Yeah. Now, I mean, this one had a great reputation. And and it, it is a very good facility. They, oh, yeah. they worked very closely with me. Was um, it Karen? Was it a Karen? Facility? No, it's it's a Hazelden. Okay. And my daughter was there for three weeks and got kicked out. <laughs> oh, I could tell you stories. I mean, mm. before we even get to the airport, oh my God, I forgot to shoot up this morning, and I'm you know we have to go home. So I had to change the flight, change everything because I could see her, you know, starting to withdraw in the yeah. Atlanta airport and getting arrested. So. Did all that, got her up there, and then, you know, that was my first experience. 
three weeks, you know, kicked out. And that started us on our long journey, which fortunately today is a lot better than it was. But, but I will, I, I will but I tell you, you also, there are I mean, places that will scholarship someone, and they do. Yeah. And I've had that experience a couple of times mm-hmm. here as well. And and I, too, got on the and started contacting people. Mm. You know, the, my last experience, actually, which has fortunately been over a year ago. Yeah. Um, started contacting people and, you know, because... It's been more than a year ago, right? Maybe two years. Yeah, I think so. But... You know, contacted people who knew her, knew me, and got her somewhere really quick. Mm-hmm. I remember that call too. Yeah, I mean, I everybody. To, you, what you need to do is you can't. Um, I don't want to say do not rely on that one eight hundred number because that may be the angel that saves your child. Um, but keep your eyes open and your ears open as well. If they're well, promising do, do you money, research. do some yeah, research. If they're promising you money. In other words, oh, yeah, we give them $30 a week to live and try to ask, ask questions until, you know, because you're, you're entrusting your loved one into someone else's care. And you want to make sure that you're putting them at, at the safest vantage point to be able to hear the message of recovery. Right. And, and you always you don't always get that when somebody's telling you on the other end of the phone what you want to hear well i would research the facility you know use the internet look it up look for places that have a good reputation that have been around for a long time that are accredited mm-hmm. you know i mean the joint commission is not the the greatest accredited accreditor of this type of facility and i don't even know i don't, I don't even know who does anymore but yeah, i mean you look for places like this Study Ford's parents yeah. are really good. I, am I speaking to X recovery or is this a phone? Right. You know, um, they may lie to you and say, yes, you're speaking to X recovery. But those are the questions that you need to ask. Don't just leave it in the individual's hands. That's the voice on the end of the phone. I know Definitely. you're struggling. I know you're apprehensive and I know you want to get your person out of harm's way. Certainly. A lot of people that are taken out of the house away and put their own in a different state. And then exactly. they left their own devices in San Diego, California. Well, somewhere. that happened to me as well. Yeah. Thrown out of a rehab in, in uh, close to San Diego, California. And then that what do you do? That was one country, right? Uh, what, where was it? Was in, Temecula. Um, Temecula. Temecula, yeah. yeah. Thrown out, left with me, didn't know where she was, didn't or know how to get her home. like Lady Dick or something, didn't she? I, I don't even remember. I just remember being at an Al-Anon convention and spending about half of it trying to get her to yeah. an airport on a plane at home. And fortunately, yeah. she made it, but not in very good shape. So then it was off to another one yeah. in Memphis, I think. So so, that, so what I'm saying is, is that do your due diligence while you still have your addict in your hands, hopefully. Because it's going to be a lot of headache and heartache and, and, and struggle when they're not in the care of anyone, and they're 3,000 miles away right. from you. you got to be very, very, very careful. Yeah, That's and, um, you know, I don't want to say buyer beware, just just be just be aware. And um, 
Well, and find out about their kickout policies. You know, they use if they do what what would cause them to be kicked because that happens a lot, and that's really scary if they're far right. away. Ask Some places s- let them come back. Ask them to send the contract that they're going to have the the individual sign when right. they get there, just so that you know what you're up against. Right. You bring it. You know, you, in in some of these places, all it takes is you put on the wrong shorts. Right. Or you and, you talk back to somebody. Yeah. Or, you you know, do they treat it you know? almost like jail. Yeah. And you, you don't know what you don't know, and hopefully there's somebody that's listening that will benefit from this information because this is what we should do. We should be getting the message out to, you know, be aware where you want to bring your loved one for treatment because a lot of the, a lot, a lot of addicts go in kicking and screaming. They right. say they willfully surrender and say, yeah, I'll go. But once they're there, they're kicking and screaming. Right. And all it takes is one little zing and they're left to their own devices out there on the street with nothing. Exactly. You know? So that happened to me as well. My daughter was kicked she was transferred to a psych hospital that then put her out on the street, literally. Fortunately right. it wasn't far away and I was able to go get her. It was just right down the street, right? Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is which is technically just down the street. Yeah. What if she was in San Diego? <laughs> what you would know? I have done? She was on she the street. Shut off into the night and, and found some drugs. Exactly. And who's to say where she'd be? You know, we'll exactly. we'll, uh, we'll put this top topic for something else because it just depresses me when I start when I talk about um, facilities that are not there to help. Uh, dial in eight six six four seven two five seven nine two. That's eight six six four seven two five seven nine two. We'll be back in a moment. Your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. There is a difference in health and wellness programs. There can be mainstream programs, and then there is something extra. That something extra is called tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated with your host, Kristen Harper. If you want to hear some behind-the-scenes talk radio when it comes to health and wellness, the why as well as the how, Be sure to tune in each week. This show will inspire you to be healthy and happy for life, as well as become the best version of yourself. Listen Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. You probably don't spend too much time talking about that place down there. Why not? There's now a show where that's mostly what we talk about and so much more. It's the Womb Happy Hour with host Lorraine Giordano. It's all about your body and the magical power you possess. Guys, you might want to tune in too. There's no reason to be squeamish. Listen for the Womb Happy Hour, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. 
Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back, everybody. If you or your organization would like to be a featured guest on the show, please send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. We'll send you an information packet on how to schedule a time for you to be on the show so that we can focus on what you have to bring to the recovery community. She kind of bogarted the mic there. I wanted to say something first. But <laughs> Sorry, I <laughs> no, thought you were giving it to me. That's, that's okay. That's okay. It's your show, too. Um, I just wanted to let everyone know that uh, we do have a Facebook page. It's, um, well, whatever the thing is up top, backslash miracles in recovery. Um, send us messages on that as well if you don't use email or if you don't want to call um you know the messages don't go right out to the public we see them before but we get them. and if you you know click the cater okay post or something like that that will um you know i've gotten a few calls from people after the show saying that they didn't want to call in and they had vital information that people our listening audience probably would have benefited from so don't intimidate yourself and say uh, nobody wants to hear what i have to say or i don't want somebody to hear my voice on it how did i start doing this i i i didn't just immediately or ellen just didn't immediately pick up how i did it was i called into a radio show yeah Right. Well, it's funny. We had a friend who started a show, and the first one was kind of a disaster. And so we both called in. Yeah. And the next week we had a job. Yeah, and the next week we were down studio on Sunday night at seven o'clock, and and it hasn't stopped since. So don't don't intimidate yourself to say I have nothing worthwhile to say. I have nothing. You know, who am I going to help? And don't feel ashamed either, because there's no shame in in dealing with a disease. Absolutely. Absolutely not. I mean, you know, I, I I have things in my past I could share an hour and a half about, like right now. And the, but that's not. But that's not important. The important thing is, is the message that we are giving to the to the whole out there. You know, or the people, or the hopeless. You know that there is hope in in recovery. There is. There really is, and, and it, it is amazing how people can turn around. I, I'm constantly, I'm amazed at my mother. Right. You know, two years ago, you would have known the person that she is now. Right. And, you know, every, everyone gets to that place of uh, hopelessness, helplessness, and lovelessness. And and not everybody gets to turn that around. Well, you, you can know. kind of bong that bottom for a while, too. Mm-hmm. You know, you might have a little upswing where you're hopeful and then it bumps back down again. And, and we experience that for a lot of years. But, you know, I'm living proof that at least for today, it doesn't have to be that way. They no, can and, get and, better. 
and those little respites of those little respites of fun, the little respites of positivity, make for or, or gives the individual the advantage of, hey, this is this is worthwhile. My life is worthwhile right. today because, like I, I said, and I've anymore. said before, you know, there was the longest time when I got clean the last time that I didn't know if I wanted to stay clean. I didn't know if I wanted to stay sober. And and I just kind of like rode the wave. And ultimately that wave of positivity took over and said the, the wave of reassurance and the wave of hopefulness and helpfulness loving and stuff like that took over. And I'm not saying that it was all for lack of a better term, wine and roses, but it was, it made the path a little bumpier when I got out of my own on a daily basis. When I even say, if I take my own will back, I can find myself on the side of the road in a rut where I said, how did I get here? Well, guess what? You had to wheel, you idiot, you know? And, and, um, so what does that tell you? Even after almost 29 years left to my own devices, I'm going to put myself in a situation where I probably should not be. And so then you end up in a position where you were 29 years ago and you don't want to do that. Yeah, God forbid. But that's that. I guess it's, it's a relapsing disease and it's called that for a reason. You know, people do get better and then they do relapse and then they do get better and they do relapse. And that's okay. And it is okay. Uh, that's okay. You know, I- and I think, it, you know, it, this is first, you know, it means it's over. It doesn't. You know, a relapse is just that, a relapse. Yeah, and that's okay. I, you know, I, wasn't, I wasn't one that got it the first time. I, I praise the people that did, but if they went 27 years and then used again, that's okay. It as is long okay. As, they, as long as they're willing to pull themselves back up and say, hey, you know. Well, you know, it's funny. I met a guy the other day, and, and he'd been, he's an alcoholic. He'd been over for 30 years daughter's an addict and in really bad shape in jail and he relapsed he he relapsed for two or three months and then you know realized pulled himself back and you know now he's okay again it can happen and it, you know you can't overcome it so again i think there's a lot of shame even in the rooms you know in the rooms of aa and na there's a lot of shame shaming of people who relapse and there shouldn't be because you know, well, well, you know, you know what that is, and, and only coming from a, a a different perspective, coming from an addict's perspective. There's a lot of people in the room that want to be better than the individual uh, that is yeah. th- than their own individual that is sitting there. They they feel less than my like I like I said before. I've suffered from I suffer from a disease that at one moment tells me I'm greater than, and then the next moment tells me I'm less than. I have a little bit better understanding aspect of that today because of the longevity I have a clean time, but I see people that shun people who use. Right. There's something going on in that individual's life to turn their back on somebody who needs help. Exactly. Right. And who's so, coming back asking for it. Well, people don't go to meetings, you know? Um, and I don't mean I don't mean once you will you leave. I'm just saying there are a lot of sick people still in True. in in, uh, in recovery, and 
left to my own devices. I just said I would put myself in a situation where I probably should not be. So I need the guidance of others as well. And that's what I try to do. I, today, I do not tell people that it's not okay to, to relapse. I do not tell people it's, it's you know, it's not a revolving door um, because what is that? What, what am I doing at that point? I'm putting my expectations on an individual that I don't even know. I haven't lived this story. You haven't lived mine. So why are you trying to write my chapter? Oh, it should be a no judgment zone. Should be. Should, should be. be. Yeah. You know, we are human. I think one yeah. of the one of the biggest things that I had to overcome was being judgmental. Mm-hmm. But you know, when I sat back and thought about it, before my daughter became an addict, if I knew somebody's child was an addict, I was I made the assumption immediately, bad mom, bad parent. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and then you it, had to wear that. So yeah. you And so then yeah. it happened to me and it was like, Wow, I thought I was a pretty good mom. Bad mom, bad parent. But there are a lot of people. And you're not a, a bad lot mom of people or a bad parent. Who, and, who would say that I was. Oh, no, because they, they because haven't they don't had know. the experience. They, they've, right. they've heard, they've judged, and that's how it works. Right, and, and that's what it is. I mean, even, even though the rooms that we're trying to, in the rooms, I don't like using that title, even though we're in recovery and we're trying to better our lives, and you're out there trying to share your experience, strength, and hope, and your your message of recovery. Just be aware that there are maybe thirty people sitting in that right environment with you, and not necessarily everyone has the same story. I, I went. Uh, poor gentleman isn't with us anymore, but um, went to a uh, went to a to, to speak. And it was somebody who talked about marijuana. And the guy that was on the panel with me, like, leaned over and he said, he, he, he's got uh, a milk and cookies bottom. Oh, that's not. <laughs> but guess what? He's here and he's going to do something about it. Exactly. You know, and that's, and that's the most important thing. We don't know. Why, just because you think that you were a gangster. You know, where are all the bodies hidden that you killed? Right. You know, so we 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 have that um, grandiose reasoning, and, and that's and that's human. Um, because we don't want to look at who we are, we would choose to look down our nose at someone else because that makes us feel that much better. And really, what does that do? Well, it just it prolongs the problem for else. It it and it doesn't help you either. No, you know, if no, you it were judging someone, then you know you're blocking yourself mm-hmm. from being a better person, in my opinion. Oh yeah, well, but you know something, I think. But you have to learn. You know, that, I had that, to that's learn. afforded to you just so that you can be aware of it. Majority of people in certain spans of recovery haven't been afforded that awareness yet. Right. You know. And that comes with time, that comes with grace, it comes with, with living and, and learning how to nurture and love yourself. Well, and with sharing your, you know, your experience, strength, and hope with other people, too, I think. Right, right. And, and a lot of people that continue in you know, the, the recovery groups after years and years mm-hmm. and years, I think, truly go to help out people. They, they believe in giving it, getting back. For the most part, you know, what I mean, like well, we still, you know, we could have a conversation about individuals that we know and we could well, yeah, put them in these different categories. But guess what? The bottom line is, is that 
I don't live their life. I don't live their story. I don't live their hopes and dreams. I live mine. So what I have to do for me is allow everyone else to be who they are. So that you can be who you so are. So that I can be who I am. And, and if you want to use, you know, um, whatever, you, you know, you, you just exist. It's because just get out of Call somebody and say, hey, I need help. If you're out there and you're, you're struggling, you're don't know where to turn. Uh, you can even call um, my cell phone. Is, uh, the, the business phone is 855-STOP-USING. That's 855-STOP-USING. It redirects to my cell phone. If I'm not on the air or in the studio, it rings to my phone. I care if you're in or if you're in... Ojai, California, or wherever you are, even if you're in Ireland, call my phone and I will direct you to somebody who's close that may be able to help you on the path to recovery. Because we need this disease to stop and we need it to stop killing our kids or stop killing our loved ones. It is time. It is absolutely time for there to be a turnaround. And, you know, I've been waiting for a long time. Mm. I'm hoping that it's coming soon. I'm hoping that our new president will do something. And maybe he will. There's a lot of work that that needs There's to be done. There's a lot of work to be done. Yeah. And, and, and you know, that's the thing. And there is a voice on the air. But that's not all we are. We're there to help you if we can. If you can't get in touch with me by phone, send us an email. Call, call in. Do something because this is an avenue that you can use that has uh, a proven past and a proven record of assisting people with what it is that they need. This is the Miracles in Recovery radio show. We're heard on the Voice America Network, Health and Wellness Network, um, at 8 p.m. Eastern every Monday. Replays are played 24 hours a day on demand. You can just go and click on an archived show and listen to it. But we're here on Mondays, but that doesn't mean that we're only here for the hour. We're here all the time. And with that, we are on So, Ellen... Good night, everybody. With miracles of recovery. Hope is in your corner. Now you can say good night. Good night. (laughs) Good night. (laughs) Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery. Be sure to listen again for another edition with your host, Ray Lynch, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week. Hope is in your corner.